0: of home in the know i am selena the stripper i am here with that creative clover i'm not even coming up with a good name <laughs> for you right now clover that uh that, that cutie that cutie clover
1: i was thinking like um honey clover or like honey clover there are various types of clovers too there's various that's true Clover honey wait that was uh sad. three that's leaf what I you could be seeing. a three leaf clover
0: three too. Leaf. I mean, oh, less, less, lucky. less lucky. That's true. Maybe I don't want I'm you to a be. Six
1: leaf clover. Six leaf clover.
0: Go. Awesome. Wow, you're you're like a mutant clover. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so again, we are joined by um, some real role models for you guys, <laughs> a- Antonio Crane and Am, who are here to continue talking about their work at Soldiers of Pole and the labor rights movement for strippers. Um, Antonia to just I'm just gonna you know rep you guys again because uh, why not you know new new listeners uh, let's learn it let's learn again Antonia has been dancing for over two decades she is an activist author of the memoir spent director of soldiers of pole a professor at UCLA and so much more A.M. has been a stripper for 17 years. She was Entertainer of the Year for Spearmint Rhino. She is the director of Fistful of Steel, a film on pole dance. She is on the board of directors for Soldiers of Pole. And she is also the director of United Pole Artists. So welcome back to both of you. Thank you so much. Thanks so
2: much for having us. It's nice to be here again. Yeah, (laughs) It's been so long since we've seen you. I know,
0: right? It's been a whole week and everything has changed. Uh, We've learned so much and grown. So uh, we begin every episode with a segment we call Historical Hoes. And um, after Historical Hoes, we are going to get into a commercial. So uh, get ready, you guys. So this week's Historical hoe is Lexington Steel. Um, I got my info from IMDb. Um, I think a little bit of Wiki as well. (laughs) So Lexington Steel... Is a porn star, director, owner of Mercenary Pictures and Black Viking Pictures, a porn, two porn production companies. He was born uh, November 28th, 1969, hey, 69. Mm, nice. <laughs> in uh, Newark, New Jersey. He went to Syracuse University and graduated in 1993 and then worked as a stockbroker at the World Trade Center. Um, mm-hmm. He worked there for four and a half years, so uh, until like 1997. He says, my office was located on the 36th floor of the World Trade Center too. If If I hadn't gotten into porn and stayed in finance, I would have been in those towers on September 11th. Had I still been a broker, I would have been in that building at the time. I would have been at my desk or in transit under the building. I know people who died, and it affected me in a personal way. So in 1997, he decided to pursue commercial modeling, but was encouraged to try adult modeling. So in 1998, he picked up and moved to LA to pursue working in the adult modeling. He says, quote, I gave up finance because I said to myself, damn, I've always wanted to do porno, and I can always fall back into corporate America. What a great kind of mentality. (laughs) Also, maybe like a little bit pre-social media age, but you know, awesome. (laughs) Uh, I went out to L.A. with enough money to sustain myself for three months and the plan that if I made it, great. If not, then I'd return to Wall Street. Things worked out. Steele had already chosen the pseudonym Steele from the start of his foray into sex work, but then later he says, quote, I got off the subway at Madison Avenue on the corner of Madison and Lexington Avenues, um, and he was struck by the sound of Lexington as a first name. I like that he'd use like the, the street name as <laughs> as a porn name. Beautiful. So Lexington was a success in the ebony genre, boasting one of the most notable black cocks in the biz. He won AVN Awards in uh, 2000 and 2002 for Best Male Performer of the Year. And he also became a column writer for AVN.com with a column called The Steel Post. I tried to find The Steel Post, you guys, and I could not find it. So I Mm. don't think he's still writing for them. Because, I mean, he has two porn production companies, so that's probably a lot of work, and he's still performing. So, Uh, just a note there. Steel has some controversial issues about the industry. While he denies the possibility of leaving the industry for the right woman, uh, quote unquote, (laughs) because he earns six figures and gets paid to travel all around the world, which sounds like an amazing career, (laughs) he vehemently refuses to recommend the job to anyone, especially not his own children. Quote, every day in this business, you must decide to risk your life. When I came into this business in 1998, five women were infected with HIV from one guy, It was a scary time, and I would positively forbid my daughters from working in this industry. So that's definitely a very misogynistic point of view and pretty sex negative. But I think it's kind of like even within the sex worker community, we still have to deal with whorephobia and a lot of unlearning of negative uh, things within society. So, you know, we're not not a—what's the term? Anyway, we, we still suffer from the same things we have to learn unlearn. So he says, quote, the worst part is the risk to your life. Let's be frank. Everyone is PCR DNA tested every 30 days. PCR DNA tests can like, detect any kind of like viral um, presence in your body. But you are rolling the dice on a regular basis. How do I know that on any given day, my test will come back a, quote, license to thrill, I like that term so much, <laughs> <laughs> or a death certificate? Wait, right.
1: so that's different from um, an STI test or, like, typical STI testing?
0: I think it's more in-depth than the typical STI testing. So it
1: could pick up, like, herpes even if you don't have, like, an outbreak. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I think it can Crazy. pick up her- herpes and other tests that um, most STI's uh, panels don't cover. Because, I mean, what what you realize, like, with STI testing is that they only test for really the top three mm. Um Mm. So, and so like a lot of uh the various permutations of different viruses go undetected or untested for because we're not requesting them and that's the biggest problem. And well that is I mean there's so much wrong with the way that people are in the medical profession handles STIs like that you have to request like a full panel of tests, like that you have to request a blood draw and not just like urine testing and stuff like that and that they ask you very <sighs> Unnecessary questions like how many partners have you had, things like that. Like it only takes one person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to infect you. You can be infected by your husband. You can be infected mm-hmm. by your wife. It doesn't have to be, you know, just because you are with multiple people.
1: One of my friends just um, was just had a herpes outbreak, first ever, um, and she hadn't had sex in like three years. Um, and has only had three partners in that time. Wow. So,
0: I mean, it truly is not about quantity, and yet that continues to be a question. And it's also like, why is that a question? Just test me, you know? It -hmm. shouldn't be a requisite. It shouldn't have anything to do with it. I ask for a test. I get tested. Anyway, back to Lexington's quote. So, um, how do I know that on any given day my test will come back, A quote, license to thrill or a death certificate? But AIDS isn't the only problem in the business. Most of the action is shot bareback, quote, without, con- or without condoms, to clarify, and STDs are rampant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's very true, to be honest, though. This is his perspective, so to clarify. I've been in the business for four years. This is obviously a long time ago. If I, don't, if I don't know what herpes looks like, I don't know what the back of my hand looks like. I don't have it, but man, there have been several situations where I've looked at a person and said, I don't know what that is and refused to do a scene um. So anyway, he's like very protective about his body, but it's still like he's dealing with a lot of internalized phobia. So he's still performing in the industry and directing his own production company. He's made over thirteen, over one thousand three hundred videos so mm-hmm. far in his career, and he's also made a few appearances in non-porn work, including a couple episodes of Weed, Crank, High Voltage, and an episode of Nip Tuck. Oh, just weeds. Oh, did I say? Did I say weed?
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> weeds. <laughs> so Lexington Steel has uh, done quite a lot of things. So shout out to our historical ho Lexington Steel. I'm uh, so with the historical hose segment it's definitely an evolving thing and I think like as with any industry we're gonna experience like some figures that are more like bright shiny beacons of like what an ideal sex worker is. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are other people who are, you know, you're not gonna agree with who've done like kind of shitty things but like the
1: point of like historical hose is just like it's showing how many people are involved in, like, the industry and, like, the different perspectives and, like, experiences and just, like, yeah, there's not one uniform sex worker.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, shout out.
2: Yeah. I used to work at AIM Healthcare, which was um, Sharon Mitchell's place where um, I've drawn Lexington Steel's Blood. I was oh, my gosh! I yeah. I'm old. I've been around the block. So, um... <laughs> They, um, the PCR DNA test, just um, in case you said it kind of perfectly, but it like looks for the virus instead of the antibodies to the virus. Oh. And Sharon Mitchell, who's like a famous porn performer from back in the day, um, it was her place. And so she opened a place for her her community, basically. And so it was all sex workers. And um, so I met a lot of um, entertainment Adult entertainment people, and he would come in and get tested and stuff. Um, and they could, they had to be negative to work. Yeah. Mm. So, and it was chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. Um, and there has actually been a lot of breakouts in syphilis, San Francisco, and here, um, we do have like streaks of moments where things are spread. Um, and there is a lot of like horror from the um, OSHA and you know basically the county and whatever how they test people but um, I think the county always like had a boner to take down Sharon Mitchell for some reason mm. I think they thought that she was enabling something or oh, other. Oh
0: of course mm. they always say that whenever right. you're providing health things Exa- to how sex dare workers you? How yeah. dare you support How dare them? you support sex workers?
2: <laughs> how dare you provide support yeah. how, how them? you?
0: How dare you help them to be healthy?
2: Yeah mm-hmm. and so um, I had a little bit to add about Lexington Steele. I remember him being a pretty nice guy and um,
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, so the county took it over.
0: Yeah, the I think I think also thing. like the, the, another issue with porn performances that a lot of it is like, like he's, he said is like, he traveled all over the world and like one of his instances where he was looking at the bottom of somebody he was going to perform with, he saw an outbreak and this mm-hmm. was in Hungary. Mm. Um, and so he, like going to Hungary and like, you know, performing every place is going to have different standards and sure. different uh, accountability. So, I mean, it's reasonable, and you got to be careful with your body. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it is a bareback industry. So,
2: but most STIs are spread by um, civilians.
1: Yeah, yeah, and
2: yeah. that's just a, a statistic you can find in the anywhere.
1: Because you test so often. Mm-hmm. Like, it would just be kind of. Yeah, you test. I mean, he was saying he gets tested every month. And I feel mm-hmm. like whenever I talk to um, like civvies, it's kind of like they hardly ever get tested. Yeah. Maybe like yeah. haven't
3: been tested. Exactly. Even? Yeah. Or never been tested. They only yeah. get tested when they when they're like, oh, I I think I might have something. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, when people get tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Definitely. I mean, I even like there was a time where I like. I was I lap dance on people and I'm work naked mm-hmm. and like sometimes people will ejaculate in their mm-hmm. pants and so I go and get mm-hmm. tested like regularly and mm-hmm. then there was a point where my doctor was like like why why do you need to get tested you just got tested like a month ago I'm mm-hmm. like why is that your business why are why? You asking me
3: that yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and two like I need to be tested like just test me god mm-hmm. it's like totally is, it, what did you actually say did you say that? I I just said I no I I said uh, I'm a sex worker I need to be tested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. I was just straight about it. I'm like fuck yeah. like yeah. I need to be healthy and I need to know what's going on because I mean it's not just me. It's like I have a partner. Mm-hmm. Like anything that happens to me happens to him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have to be accountable for both of us. totes totes So now it's time for a little commercial break you never know when it might happen you think you can keep your family safe from anything you drive the safest minivan you have a home alert security system you have a fire escape plan that you practice together you never let your son swim alone in the pool you have a boat in the driveway in case the city floods you take cpr classes annually you've got several months of emergency food rations You've run enough home invasion escape drills your daughter knows to grab her child's size assault rifle even when she's half asleep. When you've done all that's within your earthly powers, you make sure that every weekend your family is at church praying together that for that godly protection from anything and everyone that might wish to hurt them. But what about when the threat comes within? Karen, this is an intervention. We love you, but it's time to stop. You can't keep your kids
1: on leashes. Get out of your minivan, Karen. What if your trash can was a giant blender? Ever wondered what your garbage disposal could look like in a transparent can in your living room? Wanna see a garbage smoothie? Looks like 2019 is your lucky year. We listened to your complaints and we've come up with a solution. Uncle Ron's Garbage Palooza champions the Trashinator 5000. 10 speeds, one aesthetic, trashy. Put it all in, watch it become a perfect liquid, ready for action. Entertainment for the whole family. Free out your iPhones and tablets. Years of adverage cans have taught us one thing the most beautiful entertainment comes from rot.
0: And we're back, you guys. This is an episode of How in the Know. Uh, we're joined by Antonia Crane and by A.M are here to continue our talk about the unionization effort with uh, within the uh, sorry unionizing strippers <laughs> <laughs> and the labor movement um, specifically what's going on in California because state to state there's a lot of different laws and uh, the way that it's governed is very different so we can only talk about what's going on here although there have been some uh, there's been some progress in other places I think uh, Antonia you mentioned in DC, They're also kind of changing policies. Do you know
2: anything? I don't know about DC. Um, I know about Pacific Northwest. Oh, Pacific Northwest. They are doing things um, like they have a group of dancers that put pressure on the clubs, and they meet once a month, and they talk about uh, having a list of problem clients. And they put pressure on the clubs to protect them from certain um, violences from certain customers. And they circulate this list, which I thought was really innovative. And they meet with the city. I think it's, a, it's either Portland or Seattle, but there's some good things happening all over. Strippers are on the move. Mm.
0: That's so cool. Um, I think I've seen a lot of cool things. Like um, I know in NYC, they had some stripper strikes because of what was going on with the bartenders. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Why was that? Um, So... So what happened is the bartenders that they were hiring were essentially acting as strippers but being classified as employees. And so they were dressed like strippers and they started not, Mm -hmm. they were bottle girls. um, So they would go out to the customers with the bottles and start dancing on the floor and they were receiving tips. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes, and they would be dancing A lot of times in front of the stage where the strippers were dancing, they had their hands on the stage, Uh, customers would throw money at them on the floor and some of it would land on the stage and they would swipe it up and grab it and take it as theirs. Yep. Even though it fell on the stage, which means that it should technically go to the dancer that is on stage. And nobody was doing anything about it. Um, Strippers were still not getting paid as employees, they were not getting hourly, but these bottle girls were getting hourly. So there was like a there was a strike, and um, I know uh, the. I think her name is the Giselle Marie. Mm-hmm. Um, she took to the streets and she helped organize what was going on out there in New York City. Yeah. An- Antonia, do you have any more?
2: Yeah, Giselle Marie, um, the New York City stripper strike. I'm not sure what the result actually was, yeah. but that you described it really well, of just the bartenders were competing directly with the strippers and actually standing in the way. And I went to go see it just on my own volition one winter. I went and just explored all these clubs in the Bronx and talked to the dancers, and it looked like a really horrible problem. It looked like they were pitting women against each other, which they love doing. They love Mm -hmm. to pit women against each other and make them compete and make them at each other's throats. And people got hurt. Like There were fights. People were breaking bottles over people's faces. I was getting pictures, like texts. And um, I'm not sure actually what the result was, but um, there was a New York City stripper strike. It's still very public and it's still going on. And I don't know right now. Uh, what the actual result was in New York.
0: Yeah, I don't know the progress of that. Um, Antonia, I know that you were also part of organizing a strike with uh, Crazy Girls. Can you talk about mm-hmm.
2: that? That was Soldiers of Poll. That was one of our actions. Um, AM was there. It was right mm-hmm. after your Sorry, AM,
0: you too. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 it's OK. No, we were both there. That's it's okay. fine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And um, we decided to um have a strike in front of a club, crazy girls, in the middle of Hollywood because they were the bullying the girls, extracting wages from the girls, stealing their tips directly from stage. And it was just deplorable and getting worse. They're one of the biggest worse. offenders in the city. They're huge, they right? Do yeah. you know more about it?
3: Um, I know that uh, they have stage sweepers. I've heard this, that they have stage sweepers. People t- clean the money yeah. off the stage yeah. for them and then count it in the back and then give them their cut.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Um
3: I know that they're a cash-only business, so if even buying bottles of alcohol... Um, everything is paid for by cash. Um, the, so they
0: don't have to keep books. Right, yeah.
3: right. Um, I know that they're uh, smoking weed indoors. Mm-hmm. I've seen people rolling joints and smoking weed indoors, which, hey, I'm all for, right? Yeah. But uh, that's hella illegal. Mm-hmm. You yeah. cannot. You know. I, and that's just
0: one example.
3: And, then, and it's um, like a
0: health hazard for the workers, too. I mean, not. I love smoking yeah. weed. I smoke weed every fucking day. But it's just like, you know. You, you don't know.
3: want to be working in a smoke-filled room. And what's and, good
0: for me is not good for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. It's
3: also supposed to be bikini club but the girls were dancing on the floor topless um, and they were wearing g-strings so you can see um, everything else and which again there's nothing wrong with that but that's not what their license is for yeah so they're doing not only are they treating the, the dancers in a really terrible manner they're breaking every other law that they can possibly break furthermore they have dancer meetings where they're Um, instructing the dancers to post on their social media a certain amount of times a week so they're forcing the workers to advertise for them Um, you have to and not
0: compensating and not
3: compensate they're also tricking dancers into coming there to work so one of the things they do is they advertise an amateur night that's not really an amateur night when you get there and you ask when's the amateur contest starting they say oh it's actually an audition and the audition process is as follows you work the floor for two to three hours and then you go on stage once and then they decide whether or not you're a stage girl or a floor girl and so when you're working the floor for two to three hours they don't know whether or not they're going to hire you so they might tell you no you can't work here so basically you're working for two to three hours at a club that you're not guaranteed to have a job at the next day working for free And they're just using it as promo
0: material. Exactly. And they also
3: check your Instagram handle as a part of doing the amateur contest to see how much your your follower count is. Because that's a part of whether or not they're going to hire you is how much a follower account you have because they need to know if you're a good advertiser for their
2: business or not.
0: It's so So not only are
2: they charging you to work there and Mm -hmm. you're working for free for the first several hours, Mm -hmm. but they are using you to advertise their own business and Mm -hmm. charging you to work there and extracting your tips and stealing them. And I've heard that the dancers have to stay till like four in the morning.
0: I'm sure. And, and I heard that they have to sell process. like $400 in bottles a week or something mm-hmm. like that. It's a big
3: bottle mm-hmm. sell club for sure. And there's massive amounts of high rollers coming in there so that everyone yeah. that's pulling up or driving very expensive, fancy cars. And when I went inside as a patron um, to do my own research about a year ago, um, every single customer has stacks of ones at their table. Like there's a lot of money Floating around that club. The dancers there, I hope, are making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but I, we just don't know what percentage is being taken from them.
0: I also saw from on the dancer locker room LA that one girl, like a, a, actually several girls from Crazy Girls, got robbed exiting the club. From? One girl lost like $2,600
3: by a random person. Random
0: person. Because I mean,
3: probably they know how much money is being thrown around. They know how
0: much club. money is being thrown around, and probably there's just not adequate security to protect I the girls it. getting to yeah, their I know. cars. They're
2: just extracting tips from the girls. Yeah, they're not protecting I I them mean, in any afford, way.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're, like, you know, stealing so much money, you should at least be able to afford a security force. Right. It's
2: never care. to do with helping the girls. No, it's it's always right. to do with it, ripping off the workforce. And
0: always to protect the money. Yeah. yeah. The money is what they're securing, not not the people who create the money
2: right so we chose that club because of location essentially and because of their horrible reputation and how they treat the workers
0: wow and their visibility
2: the visibility was great it was a great place it's just that the a great busy working a lot
3: of people driving
1: huge by
2: intersection yeah people were driving by it was a great strike news lots successful. of news people came it was great a lot of media coverage
3: yeah. but
1: about like the Bartenders yes. getting like tips and dancing on stage. I feel like that happens a lot out here too.
3: Really? Where?
1: I haven't seen a lot of that. At Mm-mm. the last club I worked at, um, the bartenders would get like two songs on the stage every so. To often. clean
3: the stage or to dance? To dance. They would I do. have not. That's new. At least yeah. I've never seen or heard of that.
1: I don't know if they were volunteering or what, but they would do that and then. It's not their job. Yeah. Their job. Yeah. Is and the then syrup also drinks. like. Uh, what about like, <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I agree. They with really AM. turn
1: like the cleaning of the stage also into like a sort of thing yeah, that's estimation. a big deja vu thing. Yeah, that's what do you like, mean the cleaning yeah, of the stage? Yeah, so the,
3: the waitresses and the bartenders they go and they do a stage clean set and they go and clean the stage. So they should be up there cleaning the stage, getting off the stage. That's what they used to do when I mm-hmm. worked at the Rhino. There was none of this like, let's be cute about it. They went up there, they got on their hands and knees, and they cleaned the stage for us. And that's, you know, why I was happy to tip those people. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for. Doing a service for me that I'm not going to do myself. Yeah. Um. So I was more than happy to tip them for that work to keep my stage clean and safe for me. Yeah. Um. But the the dancing like that would be like me That's being like, pushing them out of the way and be like, let me just hop back here and pour you some sprite. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's not, we weren't doing that. Why would they do our job? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they have uh, at the Deja Vu franchises, they make the waitresses dress up like sexy French maids and clean the stages but that's quote unquote clean it's not especially clean by the time we're done with it it's more like slowly pretending to clean but mostly just stripping um and it's like a group of like four of them or something doing it um so yeah okay. i mean then and, yeah. and just to that's reiterate weird. they're still getting paid a wage you know mm-hmm. and they yeah get they're the tips getting on paid a wage
3: that to do a job that we're supposed to be doing that we're not getting paid for that makes zero sense
2: yeah Mm -hmm. it just sets up the competitive environment of girls at each other's throats and making them compete with each other for the money at the club and it takes the focus off of what they're doing to you Mm -hmm. if you have girls mad at each other they're not thinking about oh why is this club taking 64 percent of every dance Mm -hmm. why am i not being paid minimum wage like yeah it's yeah. a good distraction. It's a Trump. It's like, it's like Trump owns these clubs or something. It's like everything that he does as a president is being done at deja vu.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. For real. So, wait. could you get back into what uh, what you were striking? Um, oh, yeah. So, what you oh, yeah. wanted to get out of the strike with Crazy Girls?
2: Visibility yeah. from the girls. We wanted to, them to know that we were outside. And we also wanted to alert the owners that were Implementing these laws that were hurting the worker, that we were aware, and that we were going to make the city aware, and that we were going to get some media around it, so they know that we know. It wasn't like a, um, and I want to be really clear, like I am an activist for a long time, and like it wasn't like, oh, okay, well, we sure showed them. Okay, bye. Like that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is going to be like ongoing and slow moving, and we have to keep showing up. Yeah. So it did, but it did, you know, get some attention. Did you it want did. to say more about what we were doing? No, no.
3: I think that's great. Yeah, visibility was key. How and did the it, girls react? They were quiet. They would walk by us. They were scared. They would, we would hand them. I think we would lip hand gloss. Them, lip gloss at the time, and um, and then at least one of them showed up to a meeting and mm-hmm. gave us some insider information, um, and then but we never saw her again, and we didn't see anybody else from there again but Mm -hmm. also what we did learn is their contract practices how they're forcing the dancers to sign and contracts that they are not allowed to read and they're not allowed to have a copy of and they're not allowed to have a lawyer look at it. They were told sign or leave. If you don't sign you can't work. That's coercion by the way. Yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and so that arming us with that information that really helps us to build a you know even a bigger case against what's happening and um, that they're signing it. They're signing it, they're not looking at it, and they're going to work because they're that's where their money is. You know, and they don't want to disrupt
0: that. And I think it's also like the status of Crazy Girls. Like there are a couple of top tier clubs in the in LA and like Crazy Girls is one of the more visible and A. O. D. is another one. So it's like a lot of girls like they feel like they need a or like and also like be live. Like these places are the big names. of girls like who are dancing. They're like, oh, one day I want to work at these clubs. And given the opportunity, they'll sign anything. They'll sign away all of their rights, Yeah, yeah. There's a and lot they'll of stay money. silent because there's money. It's visibility. There's the option. Like a lot of people, you know, get picked up by whatever celebrity daddies and bullshit like that, mm-hmm. or they get contracted into modeling gigs. So like people see it as like a conduit for a lot of other things, and they're not thinking about their civil liberties at the same time.
2: They need to start thinking about their civil liberties because they're going to come for them. You might have one good night, but the minute you come in and you don't make that money and that client doesn't choose you, then what, then what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. It's yeah. not
2: going to be your night every night, even right. at a great club with a lot of money.
0: Right. I think there's a lot of fear about unionizing. And um, and can you, can you both maybe talk about why people are so scared about that idea
3: about unionizing? Yeah. I think personally one of the the things and this is something that I struggled with in the in the beginning too is union the word union or unionizing has that has a stigma attached to it. You know, I think that we we have been trained to think a certain way about that and that that's kind of that's not necessarily a good way to go um and then also you know the clubs are teaching these dancers that being an employee is bad for you that you have less rights Uh, you have less control over your work, and you're going to make less money. And I think that because they are closer to the dancers and they have more of a rapport and they're in the building with them for hours upon hours and they're having these conversations, you know, the managers are really successful in coercing the the workers into believing that being an employee is worse for them. And being an employee is connected to being a union. And so if you already think that being an employee isn't good, then being a, in a union is one step further into not doing the right thing, that they're being taught, like, don't do this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, you know, Clover, even you mentioned that they're trying to convince you that being an employee mm-hmm. means you make less money. Yeah. And that is completely backwards.
0: And I think they also try to say stuff like... Um, if you're if you're an employee, well then you don't get to set your shift up. You you get to you have to work a schedule. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. not they connected.
3: So, let's it, use American Apparel as an example. A friend of mine worked at American Apparel for a long time, and she would submit when she was available to work at American Apparel. She was an employee. She was paid hourly, she got all the benefits, and she told American Apparel, "This is when I'm available and this is when I'm not." And then they scheduled her according to her availability. They didn't force her to come in when she couldn't come in and fire her if not. So that is a complete made up lie.
2: Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Having a a schedule has nothing to do with being an employee, it doesn't affect it in a negative way whatsoever. But they will convince you otherwise, Mm -hmm. and they will um, cut your hours and keep you scared. It's just, it's one thing it's fear. That's why people won't do it. It's fear and laziness. Like, It's that simple. Like, that's the reason. And did you think that, like, if you think about the civil rights movement and Black Lives Matter, like, was Rosa Parks scared? You know, when she was on the bus and refused to go where they were making women of color sit, do you think that Martin Luther King was scared? You have to walk through your fears in life. You cannot remain scared. It's never going to not be scary to take your power and walk the fuck out. But we have to do it. Or it's just going to get worse and worse.
3: The word fear is actually if you break it down into an acronym, it really helps you get over fear. And the word fear stands for false evidence appearing to be real. Yep. And everything that they're telling you is false and they're trying to scare you with it. Mm -hmm. And it's not real.
2: It's not.
0: What about if you think the other thing with scheduling, just to kind of get back to that, is like um, it's not that there's a schedule because like schedules already kind of exist, but it's like the flexibility of it. What do you mean? Like, so people feel like, oh, uh, they, you know, I, I'm going to say that this is probably a misconception and I would love for you to clarify, but people are afraid, oh, like a schedule means I sign up for Monday at six o'clock, I have to be there at six o'clock, I can't call in the day before and say, oh, I won't be there at six o'clock. When That's kind of the flexibility that you have now, which is to say... I'm
3: sorry. I From what I understand with being an independent contractor is that if you
1: miss a shift, you pay for it.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and if you come in late, you're fined for it.
1: Yeah, that's... that's that's You're fined to be late.
2: That's not different.
1: Honestly, I've been wondering, like, what the difference is because, I mean, I do have to sign up for a schedule, and it's like I do get, like in trouble if I don't like call like at least a day in advance to say that I won't be coming like for yeah. like sickness yeah, or anything. That, they charge that's you in advance that's they charge you
3: not being an independent contractor that's yeah. being treating you illegally as an employee
2: yeah
1: first of all they're treating you
3: as an employee which is illegal because they're they're um, technically you're an independent contractor and furthermore even if you were an employee treating you like that is illegal so they're double illegal acting when they're doing things like that yeah
0: Could you both kind of define independent contractor versus employee, just for people who don't understand?
2: Um, Sure. This is the easy thing. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So you are now an employee, period, if you are a dancer. That's kind of what you need to know. And you should think about what your rights are. But you have been treated as an independent contractor this whole time, and it's never been right. You've always been misclassified. That's why all of these class action lawsuits have been happening that you hear about, and they always punish the dancer. So this is no different. So now we're employees. End of discussion. It's not up for negotiation, period. The Supreme Court says you're an employee. AB5 says you're an employee. Done. Trump can't say, no, strippers are now independent contractors, your employees, period. That means that there are certain sacred things that you have available to you. You have the right to uh, minimum wage. You have the right to health care if you work certain hours. You have right to workers comp you have right to breaks you have a right to call in sick you have a right for maternity leave and but these things they're trying to take it away from you independent contractors have no rights you can't talk on the job you can't talk about the job you can't talk about money and if your strip club lights on fire and your employee your employer doesn't have to do anything or say anything to you at all they have no like legal involvement or responsibility for you but as an employee and like um uh Emily Warren, no. Who's their presidential? I'm losing my low blood sugar. Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren said um, workplaces that don't have protections for employees are theft. And we've been operating under this Ponzi scheme of Mm. theft in strip clubs for, like, for myself, 26 years. And it's got to end. And now, as employees, we have a chance to stop it. Mm -hmm. And the way we stop it it has nothing to do with, I don't want to be work on Wednesdays. It's like, that has nothing to do with it. These are things you can negotiate in your contract. You get to decide. I mean, a better question is like, what's your dream schedule (laughs) like what do you want your workforce Mm -hmm. to look like Mm -hmm. we want to make that happen for you not like well I want to choose my hours yeah no shit like what (laughs) do you want your what in a dream world what do you want your strip club to look like let's start there Mm -hmm. and let's write the shit down make a contract and let's fight for that yeah because what's going on right now is theft exploitation assault coercion racketeering am I missing something
0: <laughs> sex trafficking
2: yeah. Um, yeah. I just feel like it's all yeah. bad yeah so wage what do theft you
0: want and tax evasion tax yeah. evasion, oh, tax evasion. <laughs> making us pay
2: our own taxes yeah. wage
3: theft tax is what that is like yeah.
0: yeah I mean just all of it is going on yeah and like I think that's the biggest <laughs> problem is people don't think I mean they think oh this is annoying or this is wrong they're not like but what would my ideal workplace look like yeah People don't have that, like, they're not imagining it in, like, a what would the best thing, what would the best case scenario look like? What do you want? how can we take those steps? What
2: is your wish
3: list? We have the power to make those demands now. We have Mm -hmm. actually all the power and don't realize it, the majority of us. She's right. We just, I just had a conversation with a friend earlier who said, isn't it crazy how much power they have? I said, No switch that right now Mm -hmm. you have all the power they don't have any power we have all the power collectively you need to get into your head how much power you have because without us they have nothing and you need to start telling other dancers we have the power to ask for and demand what we deserve as a workforce and so to sit around and thinking well what can we do they have so much power that's nothing will get done that way we need to come together and take action and we need to unite and support each other
0: I, th- I think also, so, like, the way that we were uh, we were considered to be independent contractors before, the, the contracts for that were just really crazy. So, like, we were independent contractors who paid a fee to rent the booths to provide our services, which are the dances. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking...
2: That's <laughs> a scam? Star- yeah. Okay, first of all, let's unpack that. That's a scam. <laughs> it's a scam. <laughs> so that's somewhere between, like... Um, commission-based kind of rent-paying thing. So when you, if you wait tables, do you pay money to breathe on the floor or on which you, pay, you wait tables? Or do
0: you pay money to rent the table to provide your service? Which exactly. is to the, the tray. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Those things.
2: Are you renting? You're, I'm going to charge you for wearing those shoes to work mm-hmm. at the restaurant where you wait tables. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's 100% illegal. I'm
0: going to pay to hold the plates to bring to the customers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and so they try to say, oh, but you're paying rent like a hairdresser. I cannot mm-hmm. tell you, I've interviewed you hairdressers and about independent contractor, and the way that that job works is nothing to do with us. They have access to product people washing their towels, towels, services, sinks, curling irons. So people all are of doing them. all the
3: things
1: for them.
2: Yeah, they have people doing things for them. They have people making appointments for them. They have somebody getting their lunch. I'm sorry, have you ever, as a stripper, had somebody like buy your blow dryer, buy your hair product, do your eye makeup, buy your makeup? Buy your shoes. How about reimburse you for shoes? No. How about buy a cut? How, shoes, how yeah. much was your costume? How many costumes do you have? A hundred and fifty. How much? How much did that cost? I mean, it's Tanny. expensive money. Yes. Your independent contractor money is expensive money. Mm. What's your dream contract look like? Do you want a hundred dollars a month to go towards your costumes and shoes? I think that's super reasonable. Mm-hmm. I'm probably lowballing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to be able to afford childcare?
2: Yeah. Childcare is huge.
0: And I, so, like, huge. then with the change to employee, it was in part because. The strip club couldn't exist without strippers, to, to be completely clear, just like yeah. Uber couldn't exist without drivers. Yeah. Like, our job was so utterly integral to the existence of the business exactly. that we couldn't be qualified, or be couldn't be considered as anything but employees. Correct. Because there's no strip club without strippers. There's no Uber without drivers. Right. So, and that's, yeah. That's like, the big change. Mm-hmm. Um, So we uh, kind of talked about harmful misconceptions. I want to talk about, like, why do people consider the stripper labor movement to be different than other labor movements?
2: I think the nature of our job is interesting and unique. We have things in common with... I like to look at the commonalities rather than the differences. Oh, for
0: sure, for sure. I don't mean... Um, I mean, I feel like what the real thing is that we are very similar, that we are exactly the same because it's it's just labor.
2: It's labor. I think that um, we have a ton in common with comics, stand-up comics. Anything that is considered like a live show. We also have some stuff in common with Uber. And don't be confused. This whole nonsense about, oh, it's an ab and it's innovative, so it's different. No, 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 no. There's nothing innovative about ripping off workers and underpaying Uh, them and not protecting Mm -hmm. them. Nothing. We have a lot in common with Uber drivers. We're being excluded from the conversation of labor because of stigma. So Mm -hmm. stigma is the one thing that really makes us different. Also, here's another thing. We are different because we are an entirely femme gendered workforce. Now, I'm not yeah. saying anything about how you were born. I'm saying what you're performing. Yeah, You're performing mm-hmm. a high femme gender. That's discrimination, the way that we are treated. We're treated mm-hmm. because we are femme and we're performing a female gender. Um, and so that's really different. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to show me any industry that is, is run entirely of women run by men. Mm-hmm. Tell me why. Why do men own these clubs, rip us off, treat us like shit, and we're the ones twerking on dicks? Exactly. That is what's different about our industry. That we haven't taken it over is yeah. different about our industry. That we just take it. That they come down on us and we take it. They punish us and we take it. They tell us to be naked on the floor and we take it. They steal half our money and we take it. They yeah, like the You ask a concept. question, they yell at you and you take mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm, That's what's mm-hmm. different about our industry. Mm-hmm.
0: That
3: we're just laying down and taking it.
0: I mean, I know, like, personally, like, um, Antonia and I, we met for coffee to talk beforehand. And in our conversation, I just, like, remember, like, even thinking about it, I was, like, shaking with fear. And, like, you called me on it. I You're, like, you look terrified right now. And I am, like, I am terrified. And that's purposeful. Yeah. Uh, that's intimidation. I, like, posted about unionizing on my social media and immediately, like, whenever I went back into work, I was like, oh no, what if they find out? What if they find out that I'm even thinking or vocalizing, talking about organizing?
2: Then it's retaliation, if they do anything, and you are protected, because you're a soldier of pole. We are involved in a union effort aimed at improving our workforce, and you are a member of that now, and so it's considered retaliation. Yeah. So you're protected. To a degree. It doesn't mean that they're not going to fire you, but it means that we can file a claim.
0: Yeah. And I mean, what's the, so like, for people who want to participate but are also afraid of, you know, of losing, of being fired, of, of you know, retaliation stra- uh, tactics, what kind of assurances can you give them, if any?
2: The possibility of an amazing workforce where we have basic human rights, the possibility of a workforce where you're not stolen half or more of your money. The possibility of health care the possibility of workman's comp the possibility of retirement what else the possibility uh, of safety from of, oh assault. yeah how about safety mm-hmm. from assault how about uh how about a, a, a something written in the contract that is an anti-racist campaign where they are not allowed to discriminate on the basis of race no matter the color or shade what about a body um, what about a clause in there that's like, yeah, we want a variety of strippers, and if they're considered heavy, we want them there. and you cannot discriminate. You cannot discriminate. Ageism is a thing that we're going to put in our contract where like if a woman wants to dance and she's over 50, PS J-Lo's 50. she just played a stripper on a bad yeah. movie um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and did it really well. but um, you know we can have that in our contract. Um, how about the possibility of not being raped at work? Yep. How about the possibility yeah. of not being bullied at work? How about the possibility of not being drugged mm-hmm. by clients? How about not being choked by high ballers <clears throat> on stage? How about not being um, having to give sexual favors to managers to keep your job?
0: Yeah, yeah, not having to like entertain your your boss's friends whenever they come into town or things like that you know
2: you mean outside the club
0: yeah I, that's like something that <laughs> happens too you know sometimes wow. they'll be like oh well my friends yeah. are in town and we'd like to have some happens fun a lot on the west side yeah there's a lot
3: worse things going on on the west side than there is in hollywood in really? the valley yeah the west side is
0: awful for years now
2: west they make LA. the girls do more mm-hmm. it's very bad on the West Side.
0: So both of you are activists on social media. Have you mm-hmm. both experienced any effects of SESTA and FOSTA on your media presence and visibility? Oh, god.
2: You yes. go, because I, I don't have as much, a, as so much of a presence. So I'm
0: working
3: with a group, a team of people on a totally different front um, about discrimination that's happening on social media, which all stemmed from FOSTA, SESTA. And FOSTA, SESTA, obviously, um, you know started affecting sex workers first, um, but I'm also in the pole dance community, so you know, I own and run United Pole Artists, which is a media company for pole dancers. It's a global company. Um, we've, I've been doing that since 2009. And so when shit hits the fan, I'm the person everybody comes to. <laughs> um, you know, so when... So what happened was back in um, July, early July, we might have even been earlier than that might have been june uh we were experiencing shadow bans and and deletions and blockings of pole dancing hashtags um and when we posted about that the stripper community came down really hard on uh, my pole dancing account and was like you're not a sex worker you're not a stripper you don't know what it's like to be us um and so i was like hold the phone you don't know who you're talking to let me tell you who i am let me tell you how i'm supporting you i'm supporting this fight over here and i'm supporting this fight here and the These are two different fights, but you bring up an excellent point that this is actually one fight. And so I work to bring strippers and pole dancers together because there's been a lot of division in the community over the years. And um, I'm working with a team of people that we basically like we got um, eight over 18,000 signatures on a petition and got Instagram to apologize to us publicly, which was cute, you know, but it really didn't make that much of a difference. Um, so all of these pole dancing hashtags are have been banned because pole dancing falls under their sexually explicit guidelines mm-hmm. that we're finding out over time. And the reason that's being lumped in with sexually explicit is because strippers are also pole dancers and strippers have a stigma. So what's yeah, happening... Strippers are
0: criminalized. Right, mm-hmm.
3: right. And so what's happening is because... Um, because of what's happened to sex workers and the shadow banning and the blocking. Like, I am I consider myself a sex worker, especially online. I love to post myself nude online. I think it's, like, one of the funnest things ever. Um, and I've been shadow banned for, like, a year now. All of my friends are, are being shadow banned. But what's happening is, because we're women and we're pole dancing and we're adjacent to strippers who are adjacent to sex workers, now all it's trickling all the way down the line. And so now women, in general are being banned. And that's all started with the signing of FOSTA-SESTA because it's like Instagram is trying to wipe clean, Instagram and Facebook are trying to wipe clean freely self express women in general. So what we started ended up finding out is even hashtag female fitness was banned, was like blocked oh. for having inappropriate content. And after the signing of FOSTA and SESTA, hashtag woman and hashtag women were banned for 24 hours. Just completely blocked. You couldn't see. And this is a hashtag that has millions of posts because guess what? Half of their users are women.
0: <laughs> Surprise.
3: <laughs> yes. And so now we're seeing things like hashtag BBW being banned, which stands for big, beautiful women. Women um, and a lot of the uh, pregnant posts are being banned and blocked and hashtags. Yeah, so what no, was no
0: public breastfeeding
3: posts, Mm-mm, which they used to allow. And so what we're seeing from the signing of Fosta and Cesta is not only did it affect sex workers, but it's starting to affect women as a whole and it's teaching our youth that this is okay to block and silence women's bodies and it is oh and we don't want freely self-expressed women to be seen and that's what they're teaching our youth and those people will grow up and we will be old and they will be making the decisions so do we want them to be informed or do we want them to be even more close-minded than the types of people we're dealing with now
0: mm-hmm So to clarify, SESTA stands for the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act and FOSTA stands for Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, and these were passed in 2018, and Mm -hmm. I want to tell you that I'm pretty sure every presidential candidate on the Democratic side uh, has signed this
3: bill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they didn't take into consideration how this would affect people in general. And after the signing of FOSTA-SESTA, it completely shut down Backpage and also Craigslist's personal section on their site. And so what that did is it stopped sex workers from being able to communicate with each other and have a community and to be safe. And Mm -hmm. furthermore, when you take away IP addresses of sex trafficking offenders, you make it a lot more difficult to find them.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Exactly.
2: And it has everything to do with, to add to her beautiful point, which was really great, um, that it has everything, SESTA and Fofsta have everything to do with the relationship with the women's bodies and the state. Mm-hmm. So along with the trickle down, this has to do with the evangelical presence mm-hmm. in the White House. Yeah. And it has to do with um, wanting th- them wanting to reverse Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And it, it's all one horrible thing it has yeah. to do with mm-hmm. women's bodies and the state and so as they have cracked down uh, against sex workers and are not educated about what sex trafficking even is um, they have just been sold this bill of like that they're gonna stop uh, sex trafficking by shutting down these sites and it's caused so much harm uh, for sex workers and a lot of other people yeah trying to advertise and screen clients and communicate with each other like am said um, and it's trickling down in other areas now too, where they're banning women's bodies on the internet. Oh yeah, on a massive scale, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's having a huge um, trickle-down effect. And this is evangelical. This is the evangelical rights. Uh, influence in the White House.
0: Oh,
3: yeah. And even sex trafficking victims have come forward and said, this is not a good bill for anybody. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, because you're you're taking down all of the tracks and it's a lot easier to track things whenever they're visible versus whenever they have to go underground and find even more covert means.
2: You've seen the um, signs in hotels that say, if you see a woman alone traveling alone to contact. I mean... The, this is so incredible what's happening right now. The surveillance of women and women's bodies right now. Yeah, that's crazy is completely mortifying.
3: yeah. And do you think that dude, Epstein, do you think that dude was posting high traffic <laughs> humans? on no, Backpage or no. Craigslist. You know, that was... You like know a-
0: how many lawmakers no, were ab- absolutely complicit. In- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they don't care. That's not why they signed no. this bill. That is not the point of this bill, and it absolutely has done nothing yeah. to protect sex trafficking victims. No. It's terrible. So I mean, I terrible, know, I yeah. even notice, like, whenever I'm posting on Instagram, like, if I do certain stripper hashtags my post will be slowed down mm-hmm. or they won't post mm-hmm. or things like that. And I'll have yep. to take out the tag and then a mm-hmm. magic, like magic, it uploads. Yeah. Like magic, it's, I can have a web presence.
2: It's a bunch of cis bros behind closed doors. Actually,
3: yeah. They, they're the ones that program, but who and are they set the rules, setting but, I, the rules. but I, they're not the ones I, I can tell, you know, we found out who's like making the decisions about oh, whether really? or not you go live on Instagram.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Is yeah. it a person?
3: It is a group of people.
0: I mean, that's, I mean <laughs> it's crazy. I think like... Uh, I Interesting. Was, mm-hmm. I want to know more about that later. Yeah. yeah I, I was listening to uh, 99% Invisible, this podcast about design. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like one of the off branches of like NPR affiliates. But mm. anyway, uh, one of the things was that uh, most design does not account for women. So things like... Um, car designs. So cars were not designed for women. They mm-hmm. were designed and all of the dummies that they use and whatnot for, uh, for, ma- for checking their stats and whatnot are male proportioned test dummies. Mm-hmm. They only recently started putting in a quote unquote female test dummy and this dummy is really just a size down male dummy, which says it has nothing to do with the female proportions or any other bodily concerns like breasts or things like that or like the difference in visibility and they only use that test on me in the passenger seat. So wow, across okay. design. <laughs> <laughs> across design we are we see that just women are not accounted for. What is this, Sharia Law? Like GM <laughs> yeah. Motors. You know what that reminds me
3: of is remember those commercials back in the day with the two dummies that were, like, crashing the walls? Oh, yeah, I remember that commercial. And it, does, it just hit me right now yeah. that, yeah, those dudes were dudes. They were dudes. Every yeah. single time yeah. mm-hmm. for
0: years. Mm-hmm. And we were all like, oh, that's funny. Like, oh, it's great, that they, s- it's great that they notice. tested it for safety. I'm like, no, they didn't. Right? They didn't test for safety. They didn't test for how... Visibility is affected by our different statures. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, I mean, and that's why men love to say, oh, women drivers, women drivers. I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. the vehicle was not made for us, (laughs) (laughs) it was not designed with us in mind. And I think so many things, like, whenever we get to data collection overall, it's like, by bros flora bros, about men's schedule, where Mm -hmm. they go, what they do, who they interact with. And And
2: also to frame it around labor also, labor movements are framed around white men and um, white male interests. And so the fact that strippers are systematically being excluded from this conversation, and it's all about Uber and Lyft, Uber and Lyft, Uber and Lyft, like that is sexism within the framework of labor organizing. And it adds to the stigma of our group.
0: Oh, definitely. That yes, we're not a part Uber of every like article. Go to.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: they drop you fools off mm-hmm. at the strip club. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, and, and even like, um, Amory, whenever you were on One A answering those questions, and the interviewer asked you the most condescending questions, even though you were bringing up real things like labor issues, like wage theft and things like that, and yeah. like discrimination, you were talking about that, and he was talking about, well, why did you get into the industry? Uh. Why? And how Mm -hmm. are you getting out? How are you getting out? What's your exit strategy? Probably, like, the question that I hate the most the most condescending
2: yeah. every guy question. does that Larry Mantle did that too he was like but isn't stripping a job that you just kind of do for the weekend no. and leave like no Larry hmm how long have you been on radio yeah. since 1983 yeah like it's and a career
3: I, I think also like my introduction I was like I'm a stripper I, I work in the stripper industry and at the end when they asked me my exit strategy I, you know it was just asked so quickly and mm. I was just like oh well I'm actually not stripping right now but but you know it's you did like, great I don't It's not you. It's not you. I know, but I don't even think about, like, am I stripping? Am I not? I still identify as a stripper. I'm Mm -hmm. still in the stripper industry. I'm fighting this fight. I might not be actually in the club every night, but I'm right there with everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you did great. I'll never stop standing up for and working for this group of people until things are right. Yeah. You know, so I don't have an exit strategy, which is what I should have said.
2: We have an enter strategy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to enter it and change it and improve it.
0: Yeah. But I have a question, like, since both of you are out of the industry, like, you're not actively making your income from stripping. Why would girls who depend on it fully feel... Um, the trust with you like why do you feel like they should trust you or why do you feel like um, you know they should take this risk whenever you're not risking it right now
2: Mm. it's a good question I am technically still a dancer I just haven't been to the place where I work in a while and I was actually paid to leave the club that I was at for eight years so my breaks have been short-lived and um, so I am I am an active sex worker Mm. and so I just want to make that clear Yeah. Um, and they shouldn't trust me they should wake up mm-hmm. <laughs> and they should look at what is going on and they should come to a meeting and listen and learn about how they can improve this deplorable situation and choose from there and they should just make their own choice because yeah. they're smart and they're resourceful and they're beautiful and they deserve better and new dancers deserve better and we all deserve better and we can change it right now so it doesn't matter if they trust me or like me they should just come just to the learn. meeting just and come learn. for
0: yourself yeah
3: mm-hmm. and for me you know if I didn't lose half my foot I would still be in the clubs and I'm not in the clubs because I physically can't do the work um, but I would still be there if I could I miss that job a lot Um, And also like what has said, like we're not asking them to trust us, we're asking them to learn and then make an informed decision from there.
0: That's beautifully said and I could not have said it better. (laughs) Uh Um, We have another commercial break, you guys. Hello kids, it's me, your grandma. Oh, how you've grown. You're so smart and special and unique as a snowflake. You've got so many talents. I could not be more proud of you. What would you say to a game of checkers? You think you could beat your old grand? I hope to God your weak ass father didn't raise no punk ass bitch. Don't disappoint me, babies. Grandma loves you, but someone has to teach you. Ain't nothing in this world given. These streets is hard, but grand grand is harder. Brought to you as a
1: PSA via Grand Ran. This is Clover's Corner. Um, I have some, just a few. Strip club reviews. So I was in South Dakota, or I wasn't, but I was in Google Maps, and um, (laughs) so I was checking out Congo Club. Um, Will Griffco Recover, his local guide, gave it five stars. He said, haven't been here in a few years. This is a good strip club, I like the layout of it. You walk in and the bar is right there, then there is seating up top with appropriate lighting. I like how the layout is in this establishment. Up by the bar, you get a higher view of the stage. The stage is spacious and has lots of seating around it. Kind of comes out in a tea. tea. Dancers were always good. Private dances are out in the open with mirrors all around. I want to say it was full nudity, too. I could be wrong. I really like the two-area concept. That's what sticks out most. (laughs) End of review. (laughs) Um... Prairie Chicken Bar and Resort in Prairie Chicken Bar and Resort in um, Chamberlain, South Dakota. Um, Carol Carola Valverde she gave it five stars, or they did, and they said best hot girls in town, tip with two dollar bills, and prize dances are affordable. I had my best bday party here. Um, wake up, people, blah, said with five stars. Stayed here quite a bit for farming, the good old days. So, <laughs> <laughs> said nothing about the club. Yeah. Okay. One of my favorites, though, there were actually only five clubs that showed up in South Dakota on Google Maps. In I total. wonder if there
0: are only five clubs in South Dakota.
1: Yeah. I searched strip clubs and adult entertainment clubs. Um,. I mean, maybe some don't have full internets there. <laughs> um, so Jeff Colton um, gave it five star- four stars, and he said, never been there. I was the project estimator on the building many years ago. Um, and Landon gave it four stars saying, never been there. What is cover charge? Um- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least he gave it four stars. He
0: was already ready, he was like, thoroughly invested good so that was uh,
1: Clover's uh, <laughs> this is Clover's Corner which will be eventually um, a bit more organized but I'm just going to be reviewing some some uh, clubs as we go along we're
0: going to tour the country with uh, strip club reviews so that's a new segment for you guys to look forward to anyway you guys we're wrapping up this episode where can we get in contact with you
3: you can find us on soldiersofpole.com. you can email us at soldiers of pole at gmail you can find us on Instagram at, at soldiers underscore of underscore pole underscore. You can find us on Twitter at soldiers of pole.
0: Um, do you guys want to drop your instas individually or just? Uh, the? Yeah, you can find me at the queen of sexy.
2: And you can find me at Antonia Crane.
0: Awesome. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. This is Selena the Stripper, by the way, at Pretty Boy Girl. uh, You can support our podcast and all of the work that goes into it, from writing these very in-depth outlines to renting the studio, which is expensive, and paying for somebody to edit in our wonderful sounds by donating to the Patreon. At the real pretty boy girl. Uh, please, anything helps. $5 a month, even a dollar a month helps. Um, the more people, the more we can make
1: some amazing episodes. Um, you can kind of find me a little bit at um, little underscore number four, like just the number four leaf on Instagram. But um, tell me wait, what type of post you want maybe.
0: Yeah, and uh, soon we're gonna be coming up with uh, an Instagram page for the show and maybe even a Twitter account. If you and have YouTube questions, too. if you have questions for us, um, you can email us uh, on Gmail, Ho in the know at Gmail. Um, spell it like it's in the podcast. And um, anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and this has been another episode of How in the Know. Bye-bye. Bye. More money. I want your money. I want more money.